0: good evening and welcome to stock odds odds and ends i'm dave singh here with rob freezing trying to get a start on the week ahead here good evening rob how's everything not too bad
1: thank you um we can uh knock it out of the park here today with uh some tips for the week and some ideas what's going on right are you ready
0: Well, I mean, the, it's, the backdrop is it's supposed to be a little bit of a bullish month anyway. I mean, we've got even a monthly seasonality. Spider should do 2.7 percent uh, for the month, and there are some sectors that are more risk-on. Right, you got uh, technology, QQQ, some of the ARC funds, these are in SMH chips. So these are expected to outperform this month. Things like oil underperform. So we've got that strong bullish backdrop to us, but there are some nuances as to what we can be doing or. What we should be doing, maybe you right. can give us well, some more insight in that.
1: <laughs> I mean, mid-month seasonality did start on Thursday, but I think the the problem with it for for Thursday was that people were kind of waiting till expiration. So, so Fridays, I would think, would have been more in line with seasonality starting. So it's in play this week, right? So it's you know the ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth. To, through to the 14th business day of the month. And so, um, you know, we saw Friday a nice launch and the markets are trying to follow through on that a little bit right now. Um, the Dow Jones futures are up 0.24%, 76 points. S&P's up 0.32% or 12.5 points. NASDAQ is up 0.54% or up 64.5 points, Russell 0.44%, up 7.60. Now, when I look at what's happening with the DAX, it put in a higher low recently. The Euro Stoxx 50 put in a higher low. Nikkei also put in a higher low and is, actually looking pretty strong at this point. The Russell also put in a higher low. NASDAQ 100 put in a higher low, but the S&P 500 did not. It actually had a lower low relative to the previous two weeks, um, as well as the Dow Jones had a lower low relative to the previous two weeks. So it looks like there's an appetite for some tech. And we've been talking about that already since the expiration that we had in June, where we saw that appetite start a little bit, right? So we've been about a month with some of that tech appetite. And the same thing applies with the Russell. I've seen some very good performance on some days from the Russell 20 list that we do. you know, they they definitely have more volatility and, and they can move. And so a lot of people are playing, the you know, lower price stocks on those type of days where they see a risk on appetite anyway. Now, the VIX has also dropped back to 25 and a quarter. Um, it's slightly up right now, but I mean, it could cycle back you know, nothing's written in stone. I mean, lots can change between now and tomorrow morning as well. Right. Um, I pulled up a chart of the IVE and IVW. Now, remember we talked at the beginning of the year, it was the second trading day of the year where all of a sudden we saw on the first trading day of the year, we saw, you know, you know, in performance as if it was going to be a bull market and the techs and everything. And it was totally risk on, on the very first trading day. But then the second trading day, it was like a whole different world and they were buying the value and then they were selling the growth. And that continued all the way until May 26th. Since May 26th, it's been sloping down where the S&P growth stocks have been actually outperforming the S&P value stocks. Now, there have been some spurts along the way, but you can draw a a really, really nice trend line from the peak on May the 26th all the way down uh, to where we are now of Value declining relative to growth. So, where you see some days where you see some value stocks, but that's not the real story, right? So let's put all the picture together what's what's really happening if 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 the proof is on the tape and people smarter than you and I are calculating all kinds of things, we should see their footprint, right, Dave?
0: Mm -hmm. okay
1: let's look at the commodities for a second what are the commodities saying when i look at uh a monthly chart okay to really get a good picture of of all the commodities you notice already june and so far in july that crude had rolled over right Mm -hmm. okay now crude's an interesting story because of all the stuff's going on but what about the other commodities? Gold is definitely heading down. Copper's heading down significantly. That's 4 months in a row now since the peak. Copper is a leading indicator regarding economies and especially globally. And so it's definitely signaling more of the you know the recession story, um the slowdown story is what it's signaling. Silver, similar to gold, four months down. The other metals, platinum, palladium, the same thing. Now you've got corn, is now three months down since the peak. Soybean oil, widely used globally, three months down. Oats, too strong. June was a real sell off in oats. Rice, no, not as much. It seems to be more of a more of a staple. Um, it's it's holding up pretty good. Soybeans and soybean oil is as the same thing, two months down. Um wheat, June was a huge sell-off in wheat. Um, and then July is still continuing with that sell-off. Canola, huge sell-off in June. Cotton, massive sell-off in June. It raced literally eight months worth of rally. Coffee massive sell-off so far in July was stable before that. Lumber you saw the peak back in the summer of 2021, and then we had a lower peak um, earlier this year, and it's it's down almost to what would be considered fair value going all the way back to 2018. So orange juice down like when you look at when you look at these commodities you know the metals especially are are affected by a strong US dollar which we've we've had up to uh, pretty much here if i look at like it's the monthly super strong still for june was up making new highs relative to the last number of years july's follow through have been extremely strong as they've been factoring in possibly more than 75 Ah, uh, basis points and possibly going to a hundred basis point hike. Um, but we just saw it roll over for the last couple of days uh, on the u s. dollar. So are do we have a peak in? You know, is there more upside potentially? Uh, I don't know for sure, but um, you know it's it's really interesting what its impact has been on the commodities because they're priced in u s dollars. So if the u s. dollar does pull back, Yes, these, some of these commodities could firm up or maybe even ap- appreciate a little bit. Um, but I think the the story that I'm seeing is a combination, and and it's like everything you can't you can't put your finger on just one catalyst. There's going to be a number of, of things in play, and that's what, and that's the difficulty with macro interpretations is you got to factor in a lot of things. Um, it's never about just one thing, right? So. I think the US dollar impact on the commodities definitely been been uh, evident as well as I think the argument to leaning towards recession. So we've had this debate between inflation and a driving a hot economy and then versus the recession. And you know even we've seen things like lockdowns in China have you know impacted some of the commodities and and oil as well, right? Now I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the Wall Street it constantly creates products, right? And these products, you know, can can be useful by traders. They're not really designed for traders or investors' benefit. Like Wall Street doesn't come up and say, "Well, here, you know, we're going to create a product so that you guys really, really benefit." No, it's more so that the industry can profit from it, right? The managers of the ETFs or ETNs can profit from it. Um, So we have uh, this week launching um, eight uh, single stock ETFs. Uh, Fairly new concept. We've had multi-stock ETFs, right? But uh, single stock ETFs kind of remind me of single stock futures back in the day. It was many, 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 many years ago they tried single stock futures, and they just the volume didn't it didn't take. So, um, so they haven't really been utilized all these years. But single stock ETFs, I could see a lot more people playing it. For example, um, Tesla will have TSLQ. So it's Tesla. It's a 1x bear. So instead of buying TSLA, you would buy TSLQ and you would be short Tesla. So instead of having to short it the traditional way, you buy the bear and you're short. So that's a 1x. NVIDIA has NVDS instead of NDVA. So the S is the bear and it's 1.25 times. PayPal has both a bull and a bear, so PayPal S is a bear at 1.5 times, and PayPal T is a bull at 1.5 times, so it's P-Y-P-S or P-Y-P-T. Then we go to Nike. Nike has N-K-E-Q. It's a bear. It's a two times, and N-K-E-L. It's a bull two times. Then you have Pfizer, P-F-E-S is a bear two times, and P-F-E-L is a bull two times. So it's going to be interesting to see what type of uh, volume these uh, start to have and how they trade relative to the other things. Now, people never read the prospectuses on these things, but they should because there's probably at least... 30 different risk factors that you can read about. Um, Because they use swaps, you do end up with counterparty risk, credit risk, and volatility risk. And for example, any one of these could go to zero, would be an actual risk. We did see that with uh, some of the um, products that were uh, volatility related in the past. Um, and so it's it's always possible for that to occur again um, through various stresses on the market. So they don't, you know, when you start to le- have leveraged instruments, the way they create the leverage is through derivative products, right? Uh, so there is an element of risk that you just you just don't have with a single equity. So just keep that in mind. Uh, it will be interesting, though, a lot of people like to play the inverse and buy them rather than have to go and get a locate in short or whatever. Sometimes uh, there are no locates available for things from their uh, broker-dealers, so um, this this could be, could be helpful. So it's interesting. Uh, another thing I want to bring out is uh, we had the lowest sentiment reading in um, consumer sentiment in June was at 50, kind of a record low. And it popped up for July to 51.1. And so it was partially responsible for spawning the uh, rally that we had on Friday. Um, Also, uh, cash and corporate buybacks. Cash is at a a pretty significant significant level institutionally. There was a lot of deleveraging this year. And it makes sense because, you know, the writing was a bit on the wall after – we had such an incredible number of years, and, and we started to sputter already in September, and we bounced back, and then we sputtered a bit in December and kind of bounced back. And then uh, and we started rolling over in January, and it's a whole new year and a whole bunch of other concerns. And then the war started, and so there was a lot of deleveraging. Um, institutions, you know, they do move to cash more than people think. Um, And so there's a lot of cash on the sidelines. And then there's uh, corporate buybacks. These are companies that go, you know what, our stocks discounted? This is a great time to buy back our stock. We don't know if it's the bottom and we aren't in that business of trying to pick a bottom. We just look at the relationship of maybe cash that we have in our war chest and the price of the stock. And we've already been approved for a buyback, so there's so there's uh, billions of dollars that have uh, in buybacks that have already been approved, and these guys can can they have a window of time to do it, and so I see some of that coming through uh, in the next uh, two quarters here. So keep that in mind. Um, one more thing, um, you know, I'm concerned about this. Uh, Accountability issue with all of the money and the uh, arms that are being sent to the Ukraine. I know, you know, in in previous uh, times, um, there's a, there's a lot of emotional reaction to things. Um, there's obviously political agendas, um, but this this money is taxpayer money that's just going out of the U.S. to another country. And I don't know that there's a significant accountability trail, uh, for that. When I looked at what was going on in the Ukraine previously and, uh, all of the corruption, and you can read about it in the Pandora papers, some of that stuff. Um, it's just likely that, um, there's going to be a lot of, um, maybe misuse of some of that stuff. So, and I, and, you know, even though we would love there to be a peace agreement, we would love there to be some resolution. We would love maybe for the Ukraine to win against Russia. I I just don't really see that as a, as an option for a number of reasons, uh, which I'll keep personal, but um, I just think that uh, this is going to, be a lot more dismal than people realize long-term and um, unfortunately there's a there's a real price that is being paid um, on a number of fronts including um, you know what the U.S. taxpayer as well right so um, that being said
0: what do you think Dave? No I am Anytime you have large quantities of billions <laughs> going out, I mean, it happened to Afghanistan too, right? I mean, how many billions went there? And everyone well, wants to be supportive of a country, or they don't want the refugees to go through this and that. But uh, I know. I mean, we we want to do well. I mean, the U.S. has
1: always been a very uh, generous uh, country, very helpful. Um, but it, you know, there's also political interests globally, and. And there's also a lot of weirdness going on. Like, for example, um, you know, Saudi Arabia, for example, is buying Russian oil and using it for their own uh, purposes. And they're selling their oil to the EU, obviously. Um, So the, the thing is, these sanctions aren't, you know, working in the way that they're intended. And... Russia's meeting with Turkey and Iran, kind of forming a trade partnership there in a bit much bigger way, and you know this part of the purpose is to circumvent sanctions. So the 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 thing is that there was lots of people that spoke up and said, you know, sanctions don't work the way you think they're supposed to work, um, and yet the administration just continues to believe in sanctions, you know, um, and and the thing is, I can understand if, you know, if you make a campaign promise and you say, well, you know, we're going to do away with drilling in the U.S. and offshore, and we're just, we're not going to support it. We're going to go, we're going to be green. I mean, the future is the power of the sun. And, and so it's really tough to go back on that and to open up the you know, supply lines that, you know, the US has tremendous quantity of oil. It just needs the industry needs to be supported, don't you think? So, you know, to to then go and say, well, let let's get it from Venezuela, let's get it from, you know, Iran, let's let's get it from somewhere, you know, let's get it from the Saudis who are buying it from Russia. You know, um, okay. This, I, you know, you, it's just like this world is getting weirder and weirder. You can't, you can't make this stuff up. If you wrote a a, a, a novel, a fiction, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, it just, I have to shake my head. I'm sorry. It's just, it's
0: just crazy. Well, anyway, what's we your thoughts? Com- well, we have a couple more things that for the week. Um, There's some key earnings and um, economic reports. So tomorrow, there's earnings um reports on Bank of America. IBM, Charles Schwab, Syncretia Financial. Um, Tuesday, we have Johnson & Johnson, Lockheed Martin, Goldman Sachs, Netflix. And Wednesday, Tesla, Johnson & Johnson, Verizon. So, so there's some, some big, big players that could uh, show And that's us. very important. I mean, uh, earnings
1: are a big part of moving markets as well. Um, and July is, like you said at the beginning of the show, you know, July has been typically a, pro, a positive month, you know a 27 percent performance. Um, and so part of that is you know usually earnings season in July comes out pretty good. So I think I think in the oil patch, I think uh, some earnings could come out pretty stellar. Um, there are obviously some companies that ha- are going to have FX charges, right? If they're if they're multinationals, they're going to have uh, you know currency uh, charges that they have to apply because if you were bringing in a lot of money uh, from outside of the U.S., right, and you're converting it into U.S. dollars, you're going to have an X FX charge because you know the dollar's so strong, right? So you're going to have some some companies that that horribly miss, but I think usually the leaders of the pack of earnings season have historically been pretty robust, right? It's kind of front-end loaded with the ones that have the potential to do well, <laughs> you know, seem to be at the beginning of earnings season. So, um, yeah. Uh, what about economic, economic-
0: reports? Uh, I think you... Yeah, so there's some themes this week, housing and manufacturing. So on Monday, we have a Home Builders Index report. Tuesday, building permits and housing starts, and Wednesday, existing home sales. So first few days of this week, a lot of home building news and home sales that could drive some of the, the home stocks. And then Thursday, we have jobless claims that'll show us um, if the economy is weakening at all, or it's just a really red-hot economy. And then there's econ- uh, economic data for manufacturing. On Thursday, we have the Philadelphia Fed manufacturing index. And on Friday, there is um, some US, S&P global US manufacturing. So two major themes, home, uh, not homeless, (laughs) housing, joblessness, and um, manufacturing will be kind of shed, they'll shed some light on that with some of these reports.
1: Hmm. Okay, well, it's going to be an interesting uh, week. Um, And it does, you know, it does fall between it's always a it's always an interesting week, I find when you've got you know the next the following week is the full five days of month end, right? And so this this week before can be can be very mixed anyway. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> did you uh, another question, did you uh, did you look at the uh, James Webb telescope uh, pictures and stuff? So uh, I saw just different. one of them. I, there's a podcast. Um,
0: I saw one of the images. But what, 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 yeah, I looked,
1: what, at, I looked at all the images coming out so far. It's really interesting. Um, then I read about how they're being created, and I, I had to chuckle at myself a little bit. Um, so it's infrared, right? Uh-huh. And so the, the uh, images are basically think of it as black and white sort of, yeah, uh, interpretive data, right? And so so somebody has to take and color it all. Yeah. I, I, I read that and I thought, isn't that isn't that funny? So all that beautiful color that you see is somebody's interpretation of the data, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it better make them look real good if they want to get more funding for the next project.
1: Right? We want more, we we need another 10 billion for the next telescope, so let's let's make them real pretty. Yeah, okay. Well, I Anyways. actually
0: saw this telescope uh, when it was being built in Northrop Grumman, and the thing is huge. I mean, it's the room with the people with the white suits and all, and this thing is yeah. massive. And it's really impressive what they did, and the beryllium coated, the gold coated mirrors, and I mean, so much money went into that. So they better make good looking pictures. <laughs> their uh, next bit of funding.
1: <laughs> well, I know. I just, I just, <laughs> I just, I mean, I just had to laugh because it's like. Well, it says it's an it's it's an art, artistic rendition, uh, you know. <laughs> it's it's our way of interpreting the data into these colors. So it's uh, not like you going outside and taking an actual picture of you know the uh, mountains and the forest and the trees and the, the lake and the ocean, whatever. I mean, it's that's real color. Uh, this is uh, anyway it's pretty funny. Anyway, we'll end with that. Okay, um, all right. Take care of yourself. Have a great week. Good luck. Thanks.